Welcome back to the show, everybody. My name is Oliver. I am your host with certainly not the most, but a good amount of storytelling. Today, we're going to be going back furthermore into the Sin Hunter's Tale. This is something that I intend to do for a long period of time, so whether you're new to the series or you're a longtime veteran, then please sit back and relax. Uh, for those of you who are relatively new, I will usually stream an episode about once a week. I'm trying to aim for that, but I've been writing recently, and I think it's pretty good. I think the stuff that I'm working on, I'm very proud of, and with that said, I hope you enjoy. Chapter 3, Rivals by Blood. Oh yeah, this one's going to be a long one too. <clears throat> After all of the guests had left, and congratulations were given to Liana's family, Jack remained awake long after the games and celebration ended. And once the sound of peaceful silence was heard throughout his home, Jack slunk from his bed and crept downstairs to the living room, taking proper care to close the flue before starting a fire. Jack scanned the shelves beside the door leading out to the backyard, and he looked for a good book to read. After some time, he decided to grab a book with a worn and beaten cover, and he flipped through page after page, reading about the things written and hidden within the book. Now, the book itself contained every little detail and description of the lives and great feats of all his ancestors and what they had gone through. What he found surprised him, but Jack continued to read, eager to flip through the pages of new knowledge. One of his grandfathers was something of a detective in the early 1800s, which was not a very common thing then. If you know anybody who was a detective in the 1800s, well, good for you. So a detective, huh? I don't know what that could hit at. Jack also learned about his mother's old robbery equipment, hidden in a secret compartment in the floorboard's extra bedroom door. Jack found the floorboard and opened up a small box. Upon hefting the parcel from the dusty, dark slot in the floor, he found a few more notable things, including a gun, a red star-spangled bandit's mask, and a list of sorts. While Heather slept peacefully in her room, Jack paired the list he had found with the journal and the history book from the shelf. The journal belonged to his dad, and he dove even deeper into this new rabbit hole. After a few minutes of silence, save for the crackling of the fireplace, Jack finally latched onto something. Wait, hang on. So that comes from there. Is that- wait, hold on. So those- okay, so those are coordinates. What does the journal have to say about that, he pondered, swiping through the pages. The journal, although incredibly vague, did give some kind of window into the life his mother had lived. It was during this time that Jack heard footsteps slowly creaking down. Not wanting to reveal his intentions, Jack quietly slammed the book shut and tucked it under the rug behind the couch before whipping around to see Liana, rubbing her eyes. Her hair was a bit frayed, but overall she maintained that bold, intelligent gaze. Jack, it's midnight. What are you doing downstairs? she asked. Jack, quick to respond, removed his gloves and strode over to his new friend. Ugh, couldn't fall asleep. After the wild week it's been, things won't ever settle down with me. Jack silently opened the back door and motioned for Liana to join him. Come on, I got something to show you. Once the two were safe outside, Jack licked his fingers and felt the moment of heat escape from the lantern that hung over their door. Instantly, the field outside ignited with colors and beautiful shapes and patterns from the sky far above. Liana's eyes were wide in surprise and joy, and the stars reflected in both of the kids' eyes. Jack grinned and turned to his friend, taking her hand in his. I'll tell you what, you'll never see something like this in New York, or wherever it is you came from, he said, looking out into the vast, starry sky. 
The two looked out for a moment more before returning inside and curling up together on the couch. Liana smiled and looked up to her pal. I'm glad my mom brought me here. It's been great getting to meet you. Jack nodded and pulled a blanket over her. And I like to think so, too, he said, before tipping his hat and fading into sleep. And as quickly as it had vanished, silence overtook the house once again, while the stars and the moon shone overhead. Far away in the foothills near the edge of the valley's great natural walls, a fire burned, letting the single column of smoke rise into the air. Sitting at the fire, flicking a toothpick between her teeth, a girl sat, poking the fire with one end of her rifle. You know, I'm getting really tired of waiting. My dad would have never waited this long, she growled, slamming her hand down on the dry, dusty ground. A taller, thin man emerged from the shadows, a bullet scratch tearing across his eye. Now don't you burst a blood vessel there, hotshot. Your dad didn't exactly rush in guns blazing like the morning sun. The girl looked up from her bandana and stood up, grabbing her holster and tossing six bullets into the air. She snapped the barrel of her gun open, caught each bullet in a different slot, six for six. She then snapped the barrel back into place and emptied the entire cartridge down on a target with Western Ridge's smug, vandalized picture on the front. Each bullet landed exactly where the last one had, no errors or even a single misplacement to deter from the previous. As smoke billowed from the gun, the girl turned to her last surviving bandit and strolled over, stuffing her gun back into its holster and grabbing her father's rifle. We're moving out at the crack of dawn. My dad was the fiercest bandit in the West. And I don't care who this Avery Masterson is or was, she said, snarling, purling, pulling her red star-spangled bandana up over her mouth and striped blonde and brown hair. I'm going to plug that son of his and end this charade, and then kill his mama for, te or for treachery from Birch's gang. As Jack awoke the next morning, the light from the morning sun shining through his window, he sat up to see something that he never believed if he hadn't read about. Heather Masterson, his own mother, was standing behind the couch, rocking a striking western suit with light combat armor and a red bandana. Jack, aware of something big going down, let Liana lie peacefully, jumped over the couch, and rolled to grab his gun from its holster. Though the air outside smelled cool and peaceful, the sound of gunshots and screaming from over the hill said otherwise. Jack threw his cowboy hat on and fastened his poncho, stepping outside to meet his mom. What's going on? What's with your old bandit gear? Heather, despair and determination in her eyes, turned to her son. An old enemy has returned. I don't think that she'll be too happy to meet you. Jack, obviously confused by this, raced with his mother out to the stables, where he mounted Silverback and fastened his belt. Who? he asked. Heather, silent for a moment, turned and grabbed a machete hidden under a pile of hay. Your sister, technically. Jack's eyes widened as he began to ponder how this was possible. Yet he said not a word and snapped the reins, riding off after his mom towards Western Ridge. As the blowing pine trees and the morning sun blew past, scattering leaves and brush in their wake, Silverback launched from the safety and shelter of the undergrowth and thundered down the road, his hooves striking the ground with such ferocious energy. After Western Ridge grew in sight, Jack halted, signaling for Heather to stop, too. If there's an ambush for my sister, if, that would, if that's true, then we'd better be ready for it. We'll leave the horses here, make sure they're a safe distance away. I'll head in first, it's me that she'll be looking for, after all. Heather, beaming with pride, nodded. Any other mother would call it lunacy, but I have faith that you know what you're doing. Jack, who put on a grin, jumped from his horse and slowly made his way into the town square, looking all around at his surroundings. He adjusted his belt and squinted into the rising sun. Alright, kid, you've got your audience. Now square up. A bullet echoed from behind, and Jack dove for the ground, rolling to one knee. 
He whipped out his gun and fired back into the woods. Silence filled the air, and Jack noticed some people peering out from their windows, anxious to see what would happen. Jack, after hearing nothing for a good amount of time, stood up, his spurs clicking against each other. I'm an honest man, to say the least. If you show yourself and some decency, I'll match you in a duel. And just like that, the figure emerged from the nearby tree line, slowly approaching through the wheat fields from the western end of town. Standing before Jack was, admittedly, his sister, wearing her father's dusty hat and a red bandana. She snapped her gun's barrel in and out, impatient in her stride. But after a sensible distance, she slowed down, brushing aside her hair and letting it hang out in the breeze in curls. So you're the Wonder Boy, the son of the town sheriff. <laughs> I've seen better in my days. Jack, who looked around the town, confused for all to see in his expression, shrugged. Excuse me? Need I say less, I... But I believe you to be younger of us, sis. At that notion, the girl spun her gun around one finger and whipped around, tying her lasso to the trigger. As she spun it, the rope yanked back and sent bullets spraying out towards the up-and-coming hero. Jack skillfully dodged the attack and got to his feet again, loading his own gun. I never did catch your name nor your dad, but given the current context, I think I can solve one of those. The girl rushed forward, slipping her gun back into its holster and stringing a knife to the end of her lasso. Jack, who readied himself in a fighting stance, watched the knife sail forward. As it struck like a springing serpent, he dodged the blade, grabbing the rope behind him. He spun gracefully and swung his boot around, to which the rushing opponent was sent flying backwards, hitting the dusty ground. Jack tangled the rest of the rope around his arm, then threw it aside and strode over, to the applause of the townsfolk hanging out of their windows. But even as he made his way over, the girl was already up again, and mad too. Jack backed up and dodged a punch through. He maneuvered around the fierce and unpredictable attacks, then ducking, and he threw a punch of his own right to the gut. The townsfolk cheered again, and Jack marched forward, catching another punch and returning the blow, grabbing both of his sister's fists. Would you stop fighting, please? He grunted, spinning around and kicking up dust. He twirled his sister around, locking her arms in place. Jack, who stood behind and held her arms in place, whispered in her ear, I don't want to hurt you. Clearly it's not the same on your end, but I want you to know that, well, I'm glad I've got a family in the first place. He spun the girl around and threw her to the dusty road, scattering rocks and dust as the sun shone down on Jack, who grabbed his gun but didn't fire. Instead, he put one hand on his holster. He then walked towards his sister, injured and embarrassed, lying on the ground. However, though he may have held the upper hand, a gunshot echoed across the canyon. Jack staggered backwards, a bullet torn straight through his arm and poncho. Jack's breathing went from calm and collected to shallow and ragged, as if the wind was ripped from his lungs. His sister, standing up, reloaded her gun and fired again, five for five hits. The townsfolk all screamed in despair as Jack was struck five times, all at the heart, and he fell backwards, clutching his chest. His sister, disgust and patheticness driven from her tone, knelt down and inspected the sorry state of her injured brother. Funny. I came here looking for a challenge. You didn't seem to put up much of one. And come on, big brother. You ever heard of a hustle? His sister looked down at the ground, and it was then that she happened to notice the gloved hand creeping around her leg. Wait, what? she asked, before being spun through the air. As she spun, horror striking her in the eyes, filling her mind and heart with fear, as any calm was gone from the once kind and welcoming face. Jack's expression was that of the coldest floor in the deepest ocean, a frigid cold slab of ice with searing hot rage pouring through, as his fist came into the picture. The next thing his sister knew, she was set flying backwards, landing face first into the street, and then to top it all off, the rest of her body flipped over, and she crashed to the ground on her back. Jack, who brushed aside his ponzo, revealed six dented bullets, or rather five, and a single shattered sheriff's badge. I never thought there'd be a time when I'd need this more, but you certainly gave me a good reason for it.
His sister snatched her gun from its holster, but before she could get the clip undone, Jack blasted the clip clean off with his own gun. I may not have as good an eye as you, little sis, but don't doubt even for a second that I couldn't shoot the buttons off your shirt if I wanted to.